Welcome back to the Last Call Sports Podcast. My name is Big Germ, and this is your week three college football version. I'm here with fellow host Doc Gruber, Corbin's brother, is back with us again. We had a lot go down last week, guys. Anything that stuck out to you before we run into this week three preview? I'm still a Buffalo. <laughs> I think we're all Buffaloes at this point. Everyone's a Buffalo. You know I'm, what? I'm a Buffalo. We want Bama. Okay. <laughs> we want Bama. I was about to ask you, are you a Buffalo or a Longhorn? Mm. I'm a Longhorn too, but I'm, I'm Buffalo a, through and through. I was raised a Buffalo. I'm a Long Buff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Long Buff? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I want to throw out, I just do want to throw out, I want to I give myself a pat on the back for that uh, 21 to 25 point gonna... bet uh, yeah, that, that I good. hit Colorado. Okay. You were a heater last week. Heater. Let's hope it doesn't slow down. Yeah. I want to give a shout-out to my Ducks. Shout-out to my Ducks yeah, covering. Yeah, quack, quack. Craziest. That was the most disgusting cover I've ever seen. I mean, absolutely insane. Yeah. I Left the key at the back second. door for that I one. I mean, that yeah. was horrible. Mm-hmm. I was sweating. Talk about a sweat. I was, I was sweating. sweating, too, until I realized that that parlay wasn't going to hit anyway. Mm. Big germ, you, you got anything you want to say? Well, you know, just for reference, listeners. A&M was a four-and-a-half-point favorite, and I made them my lock in our second parlay last week. And I was heated in the in the chat box, man. I was mad Saturday. But I've slept since then and, you know, had some time to think about it. And I honestly kind of forgot about it until this week. I think Doc uh, sent something in the group chat giving us a rundown. and He actually had Big Germ talking about uh, Jimbo in the – Tonight's podcast, so I said, well, I'm in a good mood. I don't really want to get myself in a bad mood. So I actually uh, wrote a little poem for you guys <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> Pulled that right out of your britches. Sure did. <laughs> now, guys, can I ask you something? Act like you've heard live entertainment before. Please save all applauds and, and commentary until after it's over. <clears throat> Jimbo, Jimbo, you've broken my heart. To truly appreciate the story, we must go back to the start. Your coaching career began at Sanford back in 88 before being promoted to offensive coordinator at a later date. For it was there you stayed until 1992. Then you coached quarterbacks for Auburn, Cincinnati, and LSU. However, 2010 is a very special date, for that is when you became the head coach at Florida State. You had immediate success with that Seminole team, and even won a national championship in 2013. Fast forward to being hired by Texas A&M with hopes of bringing them back to a championship again. You signed the number one recruiting class in 2022, only to go five and seven. What will we ever do? Just give them time. They're young, I thought to myself. They're probably just adjusting to this newfound well. When I made my lock last week, I must have been high as a giraffe because I thought A&M could cover Miami with a spread of minus four and a half. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was beautiful. Go Canes. <laughs> that was well that was well written. That was, that awesome. was really <laughs> that, that was amazing. Was that chat GBT? No, I promise you. No, I really was. I was so mad Saturday. Because like I told you earlier, like so Ole Miss was getting hammered during the Cotton Festival. And so we were all cussing up a storm during that game. And then they just 
not only came back and covered their seven-point spread, even covered BB's alternate spread. So I thought we were, you know, a sure deal. And then by then I'm getting, I got home, I'm looking at everything. I'm like, man, we're sitting pretty. Mm. And then I checked the A&M score. I'm like, what in the F is mm. going on? And so, yeah, I was hot. But I was so sure of Texas A&M because, you know, you sold it. You sold it to me. Well, I mean, it, it I really believed, is. I believed it. Well, we all were. We were, oh, all, no, we were, we're all up here uh, last week. Like, it, but, they figured it out. Petrino's got the offense moving. And I think Jimbo took the keys again because I don't know what the hell I watched. They looked so good week one. They didn't look the same this week. Miami is a really good football team. I will hand it to them. But at the same time, I saw what was happening in the first half. I was like, Texas A&M, good. Not worried about it. We've all hit our, these other bets. Everything's going to happen. I doubled down on Texas A&M. Oh. So, I, got I missed multiple too. parlays because of Texas A&M. Same. But my thing is, how hot is Jimbo's seat right now? I, I don't think there's a hotter scalding. seat. Scalding hot? Yeah. The only thing Burning a hole in his is the buyout. The, is his buyout. That's it. That is the only thing. The highest buyout ever was Gus at Auburn at 21 mil. His buyout will be $79 million, and that is too much money not to coach football. They got the old money, though. I know, a little but different than $79 million? That's crazy. I mean, you you got to think it's hot, too. Texas just beats Alabama. Texas is coming to the SEC. You're in year six of the Jimbo Fisher era at Texas A&M. You have so much pressure on you right now. He's actually got a good quarterback this year, too. You got a good quarterback. You got a guy that's calling the offensive plays. I mean, you got two NFL talent wide receivers. Well, there's NFL talent all over the place. The offensive line, loaded. defensive line. We talked about it last week. We said the only way Miami had a chance was if the running game got going. Mm-hmm. They made Tyler Van Dyke look like a future first-round pick. Yeah. And that's not Tyler Van Dyke's game. I mean, credit to Miami. That offensive line has vastly improved. Tyler Van Dyke looked really good, but I think that's more a doubt on Jimbo's part than it is good job Miami. I agree. Well, my thing is too is they they need to be nine in, in the nine and three position at the end of the year for Jimbo's seat to just kind of cool off. Problem is, they play Bama and Tennessee back to back weeks, and then on top of that, that's before the bye week. I mean, I just I don't know. I mean, they hired him there to win SEC championships and make runs in the college football playoff, and I just. Once you Not burn happening. me out of money, I really don't support you anymore. <laughs> so I'm out on Texas A&M. Uh, they won't. The they won't be seeing my best. Jacob yeah. wrote a poem about him. I think we're done. Yeah, we're we're done with Texas A&M. Yeah. Yep. You know, I hope Louisiana Monroe beats them this weekend. Yeah. You want to add that to the parlay this week? <laughs> I might. I might take Louisiana Monroe covering. <laughs> mm. What is the spread? Thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Thirty-three reasons of why we hate Jimbo Fisher. Well, another thing too. <laughs> Just to transition from that, another seat that's hot is Matt Rule in Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Do you see his speech he gave about how he went out on the field and they had a moment of prayer and stuff before the game, and Shadur Sanders said, nah, he's out there on the buff. I don't respect nobody's on the buff. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, he asked Matt, – Matt Rule said that he asked Shadur if he wanted to join the prayer, and uh, Shadur just said, nah, I don't respect anybody's on the buff and walked <laughs> off. <laughs> Well, my thing is just so many turnovers this year. It's tough to watch. I mean, I mean going, it's it's just not, not good. You can't. Yeah, it's tough being a fan of Nebraska right now. They're not good. They're that's officially a volleyball state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Expectations weren't really even high. I mean, it's just to win six games this year. Yeah. I mean, so 
But the thing is, is like, you know. He's not fireable. You can't fire him. Well, I they wish can't more coaches score. Would like, even they say cannot that. score. Colorado should be fairly easy to score against. I know they have Travis Hunter defending one side of the field, but that other half of the field, you should be able to score on Colorado. Mm-hmm. TCU's backup quarterback could score on Colorado. Um, well, not backup anymore, but he should be. But still, mm-hmm. you should be able to score on Colorado, and they could not score on Colorado yeah. at all. I just wish going into it, first year coaches would just come out there and be like, Hey guys, look, we're gonna suck this year. Unless you know? you're Yeah, like this, we're just gonna suck this first year. Give me some time. Give me a little bit of time. But that's the thing is, everybody comes in thinking, "Hey, we might have a chance this year with the guys that we have." And da 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 da. But no, dude, just come out and say we're gonna suck. I mean, it's gonna be a tough year. Every first year coach struggles, and it's uh, besides that's Deion. what makes it so special about Dion is not only did he take over the worst program in college football, mm. but they're actually good this year. And they've already exceeded, exceeded expectations to start the year. I mean, it really is special what's going on there. And, you know, I bought my daughter uh, a Colorado <laughs> Buffalo onesie uh, the other day. And it's so hot right now on Amazon, it, I got a message saying that it was back-ordered. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. So I believe it. But, I mean, like as far as temperature on Matt Rule, I, I don't think it's as much temperature. I think it's pressure. Yeah, I think he has way more pressure than temperature just because, I mean, you can't fire him first year in. He's he's a good coach. Hey, but you know what pressure makes? Diamonds, baby. Diamonds. Diamonds. That's what <laughs> you want to talk about another coach with some pressure on him right now? Mm. Nick Saban. Mm. He gave a retirement speech. Yeah, did y'all hear that post That wasn't Nick Saban. No. Nick, I'm telling you, Nick Saban was That's not my people. head coach. That's why he bought that house on the island. He's, he's on the this way year, out. He's out. He's on the way out, man. He's – He's stressed. I mean, I'd be he's stressed they, out too if Jalen Milrow was my quarterback. Oh, dude! Thanks for the opportunity. But, it's just a blessing to be out here playing teams like Texas. I mean, dude, old Nick Saban doesn't say that. No, old Nick Saban's like, we didn't play good. He's calm now. He's too. He's oddly calm. He must have had like a couple more grandkids or something. Yeah, he's changed that fat house and doesn't care. He's anymore. a family yeah. man now. He's not. I he agree. doesn't care about football. But what was talked about with Alabama all year or all off season long was. How good the offensive line was going to be. How improved mm-hmm. the secondary was. I saw none of that Saturday. It was that rough. offensive line got ragdolled. And Milrow, every single throw. And I'm not taking – Milrow's not – I know I talked a lot of shit about Milrow. He's not that bad. But when he gets rushed, that dude's jumping in the air and throwing a – throwing a like It looks like – Remember, remember Derek, Derek Henry and he was running and jumping <laughs> yeah. through it across the – That's what he looks like when he's throwing the ball. Is it does not look smooth. It does not look a quarterback. Look like a quarterback. He does not have any poise. But when he has time to sit there and actually make a throw, he made three or four really good throws in that game against Texas. One of them went for a touchdown. But when he is rushed in any type of way and he does not have a route to run, mm-hmm. it is bad things about to happen. Yeah, very bad things. Well, we, me and Logan talked about it after we left last Tuesday, actually. And I watched. There was a video on Twitter that I saw, and it was Jalen Milrow stares down his first option. And does not progress past that first option. Yeah. And I listened to Josh Pate the other day talking about it. And Josh Pate said he was on the sideline Saturday. And he said, when you're sitting on the sideline watching a football game, you can see in real time how long a quarterback stares at a receiver. Jalen Milrow was staring down that first option, what felt like a millennium yeah. in football time. No, yeah. I, I agree. But the thing comes down to I think they need to play to Milrow's strengths. 
you need to have way more designed runs for the quarterback position there. I mean, you got to have at least some RPOs thrown in there. I mean, he's not a downfield throw. Like he can't he can't throw the ball downfield like that. Consecu- they like they need to play like Florida and run the triple option with hey, Tebow. Run it. The problem is he's a good quarterback. Now that Alabama has that first loss, the problem is if Jalen Milrow played that whole game, there's no one better behind him. Because they asked Saban if he thought about making a quarterback change, and he said, we thought about it, but Jalen comes out with a great drive right after halftime. But I think Saban knows that they're in trouble because there's not a better option behind Jalen Milrow. Yeah. Mm-mm. And, you know, Milrow, the passes that he did complete, other than those three or four where he threw dimes, every other one was incredible catches by the receivers because they were horrible passes. Mm. I mean, there were a couple of them where he threw sky high, but receiver made a – Odell type catch and catch it drag you know drags it out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just ugly all the way around. But the good part was is that Ewers is a dog again, dude. That was where I was getting. I mean, Texas adjusted well the whole game. Mm-hmm. They adjusted well. They won the game from the beginning. I think. I mean, the Alabama just didn't deserve to win the game. No, like the whole time they took shots down the field. Texas did, and they continued to take shots, and it just paid off. Ewers showed that. Hey, that one pass from Ewers to Ad Mitchell, mm. uh, I guess it was third quarter, probably mm-hmm. one of the prettiest passes I've ever seen in my entire life. It was beautiful. Ad Mitchell also is that dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he owns Alabama. Yeah, Texas was just the better team. They were all you the way think around. they're for real. You oh, Texas back. Is back. You think it's back for Texas real? Texas back, horns off. All right. You think? You think they make a run? I think they are. I, like I said earlier, As they've Dion got a say, five star. Believe? They've got a top tier five star at every single possession. I mean, every single position, and really all they were waiting on was Ewers to figure it out. And I think Ewers has kind of figured it out now. You know, he cut his hair, lost some weight. You know. Mm-hmm. My thing is the line up front show they're good. Yeah, because the first game they were rough. Yeah, line up front showed that they were good this yeah. game. My only thing is it's easy to do it one week against the SEC. Mm-hmm. It's real tough Any, to do it every week. Every week. So Georgia, or Texas has a long way to go before they get another crack at the SEC. So I want them to make this run, and I want them to get another crack at an Alabama or mm-hmm. a Georgia or someone like that and see if they can do it twice. No, I agree. Another thing that stood out to me this weekend was the Pac-12. This Pac-12 best is, conference in football. is the best <laughs> conference in football right now, and they're just being completely dismantled. There's eight teams right now in the AP Top 25. Eight. And remember, we talked about earlier this year, Pac-12 was a snooze fest. Snooze it's, fest. It's not. It's not. Dude. It it's is not. not dude. They're good. They're I mean, fun to watch, and they're going to put up points. You got Washington State over Wisconsin. Utah coming back and beating Baylor, which was a wild game. Shouldn't have ever been that close, though. No. Colorado. USC. Mm-hmm. Hey, I USC's mean, covered every single game this year, I'm pretty sure, too. They're 21 and four and six and three against Power Five Conference. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. For, expect, I mean, it blew my expectations out of the water. You know what my biggest takeaway from Michael, the Pac 12 is? Yeah. The impact of the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Because if oh. you look at each of those programs, mm-hmm. Michael Penix, transfer. Caleb mm-hmm. Williams, transfer. Bo Nix, transfer. The yeah. transfer portal has been very nice to the Pac-12, and I think that's why you're seeing DJ Uyunglele. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, think about it. if you're a top-tier talent and you're in the SEC or Big 12 or something like that and, and you're not getting, you know, clock, you want to go show off your offense, go to the Pac-12. Hey, you, ain't nobody you, want transform, you want to transform your college career? Yeah. Pull Bo Nix. Yeah, go to Pac-12. Go, go, go play at Oregon. 
I'm ready for conference play for that. Your That's going to be fun. break up with you, too. go to Pac-12. <laughs> well, I'm ready for this Colorado-Oregon matchup coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah. I want to no, see. No, that would be good. I want to see. I think we should just go. I, I think, think we should go. Yeah, I think we should. I think the big losers in this whole entire situation is going to be Washington State. Washington State. You got to think, dude. Shout out Gardner Minshew. They are li- – yeah. They are literally – I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to join the Mountain West? They are going to get smacked so hard from the transfer portal. All those guys are gone. Yeah, no, it is a rough agree. spot. For you them. build you build a team up, and then the conference is just dismantled, just like I was saying. Guys, I'm glad we get to gather here every Tuesday because I have a great question that I've been hearing for the past two days. I want y'all to answer: mm-hmm. Is the SEC in trouble? Not we, trouble, but it's wide open. We saw a lot of games this past weekend. I'm talking Missouri beat MTSU by three. Mm-hmm. Tennessee struggled against Austin P. Kentucky struggled. Alabama lost. Texas A&M lost. What do you guys think? Florida handled what? business. Florida did. LSU <laughs> took out some State. Of Hey, Mertz had a good pass. <laughs> One? Yeah. I'm proud of him. But what do you guys think? Like, just honestly, what is y'all's opinion on the current state of the SEC? Well, I mean, explain trouble, is it? Because I'm talking about transfer athletes, you're just talking about just think shifting. When you like, think about – I would go with a power shift because if you think about the SEC, you're thinking about Georgia's teams from the past two years, the old Alabama's teams, just the control that the SEC has on college football. Do you think that it's starting to wane a little bit, or do you think it's early overreaction? No, I don't think so. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas are coming to the SEC. It's only going to make it it stronger. I mean, really, your only quote-unquote threats outside of a couple teams in the ACC are – which they have always been is Ohio State, Michigan. So, I mean, they're blue bloods, so to speak, in my opinion, when it comes to teams outside of the SEC. They're always in conversation. So, I mean, I mean, this is the South, man. I mean, we, we grow up playing it, watching it from Thursday through Monday. I mean, literally, the only reason we do this podcast on Tuesday nights is because it's the only night during the week that doesn't have football on. <laughs> and we need Wednesday to edit and, you know, go to church and pray about it. And, you know, this is the South. We're just God-fearing, football-loving, son of a guns. Mm-hmm. You know? well, I'll tell you this. I think I kind of know what you're saying, how all these other you know, conferences are kind of starting to get better, it seems like. And I think it's kind of a simple answer. It's the transfer portal. Because the transfer portal, think about it. In years past, all these SEC schools are getting all the top recruits, and all these top recruits are staying at the SEC, and they're not transferring out because it's so much harder. Now you just pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm headed somewhere else if you're not getting playing time. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of five-star athletes that go to these SEC schools that are transferring out after their third year, second year, whatever it is, and going to these smaller conferences and starting to dominate. Oh, and so it is a little bit of a power shift because you're getting players that have been in the SEC, have practiced with these dudes for two years, and then come out to the Pac-12 and are able to put that, you know, into game against weaker defenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I think it is a little bit of a power shift. I think it's actually a good thing for the smaller schools because they're not having to rely on just their recruits now coming out of high school. And building from that, which is a whole lot tougher than getting a you know a former four star from Alabama to come to your team. Mm-hmm. Logan, you got anything? I got two quick points on this. I want your opinion before I get to mine. I I think I mean just not even outside the Power Five. Look how many guys that are starting in Power Five conferences at one point in time that did start either not do well or 
didn't get the opportunity that are starting now, like I said a second ago, with the Bo Nix situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there's plenty of guys out there. Here's my thing. We just talked about quarterbacks from the Pac-12. I want to hear, as quick as you can, the best four quarterbacks in the SEC. Well, I was Joe, Joe, Joe Milton. Mm-hmm. That's the KJ. point I'm getting at right now. KJ yeah. Jefferson. So if, KJ Jefferson. if you were to stack up the four best quarterbacks just off the top of your head against the best quarterbacks in the Pac-12, the best quarterbacks in the Big Tens, yeah, I think that's the biggest issue you're seeing with the SEC right now is a lot of it's young quarterbacks, but at the same time, I think that the SEC has kind of tried to move away from going after those big-time quarterbacks. I mean, Tennessee's got Nico sitting there in their back pocket. But South game Carolina's game. got that guy. I can't. Well, I mean, that's the thing. We, how good is Carson Beck? Like, we right. don't know yeah. yet. Yeah, like, that's what I'm know. saying. But that, that, I'm glad you said <laughs> that because that brings me to my second point is I do think it's complete overreaction because if you sit there and think about it, Texas a and or not Texas A&M, Miami had all offseason. You remember how bad Miami looked week one? Miami had completely overlooked week one for Texas A&M. Oh, yeah. Texas completely – how bad did Texas look week one? Completely overlooked – their week one opponent for Alabama. And that's the difference, I think, in the SEC and every other conference is when they play the SEC, they don't care about who they play the week before. But the SEC, you got to do this week in and week out. And that's why I'm so ready for Texas and Oklahoma to get here to see if they can do it week in and week out. Because I don't think Texas, if Texas was in the SEC this year, I could see an easy four losses. Potentially, even though Texas is back. But, hey, take take the quarterback deal. Bo Nix, one of the top quarterbacks in the whole, you know, whole deal this year. He goes to the – Back to the Pac-12, he's good. But when SEC. he was in the SEC, he was horrible. Horrible. You yeah. put Michael Penix in the SEC, probably – Well, my thing is, too, is like some of these quarterbacks that are in the SEC right now that are considered some of the best quarterbacks, they aren't on the best teams. Like, I think – I mean, I think Will Rogers is one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC I right now. I completely agree. Um, I think he's ass. I, I don't. I think Devin Leary is <laughs> also pretty good. Kentucky's I think Jackson Dart's yeah, getting slept good. on. I think Jackson Dart's biggest problem is his offensive line. The receivers, I, the running back, everything's there for Jackson yeah. Dart except the offensive but line. But you put Spencer Rattler back at Oklahoma. Everybody labeled him as the next big thing. Now he's in the SEC going against tough defenses every year and well, every week. If, and if all the quarterbacks in the SEC were all playing too, I mean, you got backups, like you said. Nico, what about Ty Simpson in Alabama? How good is he? We don't know. I think Ty Simpson's better than Jackson. I think Rattler. he is too. He's a better throwing quarterback. I need y'all's yeah, opinion back to this on Will it. Rogers thing yeah. real quick. He's horrible. I watched him in person the other day. Okay, he was only good statistically because he was in Mike Leach's offense, mm. which helps anybody. Well, I mean, he Will Rogers he is did not well. He's a great though. guy, great guy, and I respect him. Good guy helps other people up when they fall down. Like nice guy, like guy you want to you know be your friend. Right. Well, I don't want him on my football team though. Over thirty-five games, he threw for ten thousand. 689 yards, yeah. 82 touchdowns. Mike Leach offense. And only 24 picks. Mike Leach offense. In the SEC. Mike Leach offense. Yeah. But Mississippi State's one of those teams that always gets overlooked because they're in the West, and historically before Georgia started this dynasty, the West, not only was the SEC the best place for football, the West was the best place for football because you had Alabama's long-run dynasty. And during those times, you also had very good LSU teams, Ole Miss teams. Auburn teams. Auburn teams. Arkansas, I mean, the whole the, every everybody, and so they just played a damn gauntlet, man. Mm-hmm. They have the tightest schedule here. This is this is the last thing I was going to add to what you asked earlier. Not only did the transfer portal and especially NIL transfer things a, a little bit 
or not transfer, but shift things a little bit outside of the SEC. But let's talk about internally in the SEC. Because back before all those things were happening, I was a type that was like, well, how is the Alabama dynasty ever going to stop? Because if you're, because before then, there was no rules to anything. The only rule you had was how many scholarships you could give out. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if I'm a five-star athlete, want to eventually make it to the league, why wouldn't you go to Alabama? Mm -hmm. Why in the hell wouldn't you go to Alabama? You know what I'm saying? But now that they've kind of opened it up, luckily, I'm a Tennessee fan, and they do historically have plenty of money. Well, I mean, they jumped on the ship right away. I mean, they made one of the best NIL collectives right away. And they they saw the writing on the wall, where the future was headed, and, you know, take it how you want it. But I think NIL is what helped Tennessee get out of the slump they were in. Absolutely. Because it, it brought the wallets in play and the – you know, no matter how bad we were for so long, we, they got deep Which pockets. Which is kind of messed up, though, in, in a sense. As because well. it does hurt other teams, just like I was talking no. about, like Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. But then because they get these players that aren't as good, mm -hmm. but they're still four stars, five stars, but right. they weren't as good, so now they can go to these lesser teams. Right. But uh, it's a, it's a, it's, there's a it's lot a give and take. of gray. It's a lot of give there's and a take. lot of gray area. I think, and and I, I think the kids deserve money because of how much money to make that school's made. You know, we talked about that before with Texas A&M and Johnny Menzel, but – there's still a lot of gray areas out there, and it'll take time to get it fixed. But just like I say, with business all the time, man, you got to start something to figure out the flaws and work through, you know, what's working and what's not, mm -hmm. and adjust from there. I agree anyway, completely. That's my rant. I think let's not dwell on the past anymore. I think we should get on into predicting college football week three. What do y'all think? I say we start with these um, SEC games first. See what y'all's opinions and picks are, real quick. Let's start with that. Tennessee, Tennessee smash at Florida Gators smash. in Gaines, Vegas. Lines right now at six and a half. I know a lot of people are on Florida to cover that. I want to hear a big germs. Man, sorry with me. <laughs> it depends on which team shows up, man. It really does. If the first drive from the Virginia game shows up, I mean, you can smash them all the way to 21. Mm. If the team that I think was looking past Austin P ahead to Florida shows up and we get down early. It could get ugly because I was telling Brennan this earlier in the office. Tennessee's offense is is not made to come from behind. They're made to get ahead, strike early, get up by seven, possibly two possessions, you know, ten or fourteen points, and then ride that out. Mm -hmm. So if they strike early, I don't see them looking back. Mm -hmm. However, if there's a couple three and outs or, God forbid, a turnover and we get down by 7, 10, 14 points, like I've said before, in the home teams, especially in the SEC, rocket. And I know the swamp is going to be full of them. Yeah. If they get down early, it could be tough to come back. You know, it just – it really, really depends. But this is why we're here. This is why we talk about it. SEC plays mm -hmm. finally here. Like, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, my heart – Says Tennessee, obviously because I'm a fan, but it, it truly does depend on which team shows up. Well, and that, I think the correct team is going to show up. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, that's the thing, too, is Tennessee hasn't won in the Swamp since 2003. Mm -mm. So, Gruber, how much does that play into it? They're playing in the Swamp. They're playing in Gainesville. It's a ton. I mean, you and me talked about it on the way over here. You're, we talk about it every year, of course, you being a Florida fan, me being a Tennessee fan, but – that mental edge is something that everyone's talked about. Year, there's been many of you 
that Tennessee should have won in the Swamp and just found a way to lose. And I think it was that mental edge that the Swamp holds over Tennessee teams. Now, do I believe that that is gone with Josh Heupel? Absolutely. I think Josh Heupel has completely changed the mindset of that team. And one of my favorite things of a good team is a players-only meeting. It's bad when things are going the wrong way, but when things are going the right way, a players-only meeting is something I love. Tennessee had a players-only meeting after that Austin P game, and I think that was one of those get-right moments. Held by Bazooka Joe. <laughs> if, they, if, if nothing else, Bazooka Joe is a fantastic team leader. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you're looking. If you're looking for a leader, Joe Milton is that guy. That's right. The last time I saw Tennessee play Florida was when. We were talking about it earlier. Hendon Hooker was injured. You had Joe Milton start there two years ago. Uh, Tennessee was up seven at the half, and then Florida ended up coming back and pulling away with the help of Damian Pierce and that defense. And um, my thing starting out, I, if Tennessee starts out, like you just said, big germ, if they start out you know, going up a couple, Florida's offense isn't made to come from behind. That's a run-first offense. You got two of the – arguably two of the best running backs in the – SEC. Arguably three. Three, yeah. So, I mean, it's two solid, two solid RB cores on both sides. I definitely lean, as a Florida fan, I still lean more so to that Tennessee six-and-a-half cover, um, even in Florida. I just feel like they're more talented than Florida. But you just never know in these Florida-Tennessee games. What do you think, Bryn? Well, I think when you start looking at systems and history and everything like that, it's a good thing, too. And, you know, historically, Florida and Tennessee has always been a great matchup. And Florida has, you know, gotten the better of Tennessee for the most part historically as well. But I think we just need to look at this year what these teams look like. And we saw against a terrible Utah team early on, not terrible, but terrible backup quarterback situation Mm -hmm. there. They were getting anything they wanted to against Florida in the secondary. Um, he was just missing throws. And he had multiple plays where he could have had touchdowns on somebody getting you know behind the DBs there that he just missed. And Joe Milton is 10 times better quarterback. Tennessee is a 10 times better offense. And I just do not see any way in hell that Florida can keep up with Tennessee, especially when things start off good early, because I think they're going to start off good early. So, I'm smashing Tennessee. I was going to keep it a surprise, but that's my lock this week, okay? (laughs) That is my lock, smash Tennessee. Take it, you know what? Again, take it up to double digits. Take it up to 20. All right, take it up to 20 and a half 20. if you want to. 20 and a half. Yeah, if don't you want do to. 20 and a half. That bought me last month. Hey, last I, was, I said 17 and a half. Uh, and, and it I was 17. Miss, 17. 17 and a half. And they covered 17. Look, yeah. hey. Well, all right, let's. Let's move. Tell this, let's, just let's, one one last thing on that, just before we move on. So when you think about Tennessee this year, you think about the Austin P game mainly. Mm-hmm. The Virginia game, we kind of toss that one out. Virginia is really bad. Mm-hmm. But one thing I have noticed from Tennessee is the play calling has been the most bland I have ever seen. Josh, even last year, Josh Heupel was running trick plays on UT Martin. I, I haven't seen anything from that Josh Heupel playbook, and I think that's a big reason why the offense has looked as rough as it has, just because you're not running what you run every week in practice. You're out there just running simple stuff, and I think that's kind of gotten in their heads. I do think Tennessee looked over Virginia and Austin P to get to Florida. Mm-hmm. but He's about to get spicy this weekend. Yeah, I, you're going to see that playbook wide open this week. So it's going to come down to Joe and what Joe does, but – 
Hell, take it at 34 and a half. Oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> let's move past this one before Brennan breaks. Yeah, let's everybody. just go in. Next one, let's make it pretty quick. Let's go South Carolina at Georgia at minus 27. South Carolina cover. At the t- off, like right now, I'm telling you South Carolina cover just because we haven't seen it. Georgia has not looked like Georgia the first two weeks. Could that be the same reason as what I'm saying with Tennessee? Absolutely. But I do think there is a big talent, not necessarily a talent gap, but a big difference in the talent from the past two years and the talent this year in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Right now, I would tell you take South Carolina to cover that. I'm not touching it just because Georgia might come out this week and actually show the playbook, show everything, and they, they end up winning about 35. There right now. Mm-hmm. They have no discipline off the field. Everybody's in trouble. And Kirby's yeah. already crying again, saying, oh, I need everyone to come cheer for us. No one <laughs> cheers for us. <laughs> I hate Georgia. What do you think? I mean, Georgia's going to win the game, but, I mean, that is a lot of points mm-hmm. against South Carolina. So for, for an offense that hasn't shown it to you yet, at right. least with Tennessee, even though they've looked rough, they've still put up 45 and 30. Right. Yeah, I think I think Georgia comes out and beats them by 35, and I think Spencer Rattler might tear both of his Achilles this game. You're just saying that because you hate Spencer Rattler. I don't like him, but, dude, that Georgia front is nasty. It is. I will it, South Carolina's going to pressure him the whole horrible. entire game. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they're up 28 to nothing at the half and Spencer Rattler has his helmet off because he doesn't know where he's at on the sidelines. I will, I will agree with you on one thing. South Carolina's offensive line is horrible. North Carolina blew it up play after play after play. That was my lock, by the way, week one. North Carolina? North Carolina yeah. over South Carolina. But I, but I will say this. I still think things are different in South Carolina. I think you can't judge them off that one game. I think they're going to pull it together. I think they're going to be better. And I think Georgia has too many outside distractions right now. Mm. And like I said, Beck's too horny. <laughs> <laughs> Big Jeremy, anything? No, like I said, Georgia's take take the money line, but I don't know if I take the points. Okay. All right, LSU minus nine at Mississippi State. I haven't seen enough yet. Yep. I, I mean, like I said before, Mississippi State's one of those teams that can beat anybody, but they can also, you know, lose to anybody. Mm-hmm. And as far as LSU goes, we haven't seen enough yet. Mm-hmm. I had them as a lock against Florida State, and I got proved wrong. They smashed the hell out of a team called Grambling last week. So, I mean, who knows? Mississippi State's 2-0. They, they, they had a, you know, exciting win last week in overtime against Arizona. Coach even dropped the F-bomb on live television. <laughs> if y'all didn't hear it, go back and watch it. Um, the game's at home. The Cowbells will be loud. SEC Nation will be there. So, I mean, I'm not going to touch it with my money, especially in our parlay tonight. But, I mean, my heart kind of tells me to take Mississippi State at plus nine. I don't <laughs> know, man. I mean, it, it, it's just like I said. We haven't seen enough. I can see it going either way. I think it's close. I think the, the number nine is a good number. You know, with whether it's LSU minus nine or Mississippi State plus nine, I don't think it'll be too far away from that either way. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I can see it being, you know, Around a seven to ten to fourteen point game. Maybe, yeah. No more than four. No, yeah, yeah, no more than two scores, regardless. But I could literally see it going both ways. I agree. With a new system at Mississippi State, they run first this year. Mm-hmm. If you would have told me last year after Mike Leach, which rest in peace, Mike Leach, but with the system that he ran, if that system was going up against this LSU defense, I would say take Mississippi State plus nine in a heartbeat because it's obvious the weakness of that LSU team is the secondary. But that front seven's nasty. Mm-hmm. And being which Mississippi State does have a couple of good backs down there. 
good offensive line, but being that they're that run first team, I'm leaning towards taking LSU with the points this year there this week. I, I agree. I'm with you on LSU. I like I said, I went down to Starkville for the first game against uh, Southeastern Louisiana. Um, they started out horrible. I, I mean, I was looking at my wife saying, we're not coming back to any more games, and this is embarrassing. <laughs> and then they picked it up the second half, played better. Um, Marks is a very good running back, and he's starting to show it now. Last year, you know, with the Leach offense, he wasn't able to show it. But this year, he's actually being able to show that he's a, he's a dude, all right? Like I said, Rodgers is not very good. They did not perform well against a – subpar Arizona team and got, you know, basically bailed out on the last second call to win that game. Um, LSU got dismantled by Florida State, but I think Florida State's the real deal. I'm taking LSU cover that spread this weekend. I I just – I'm not mm-hmm. buying in on Rodgers right now, and LSU's defense is good, even no. though they got dismantled. I agree. I agree. I think you see a Jaden Daniels bounce-back game here at LSU. I think he's been – Starting out kind of rocky, but I think they cover that nine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All right, moving on. We're going to be at Mizzou, Kansas State coming in at a four-and-a-half point favorite. B, what do you think there? Kansas State covers. Missouri, mm-hmm. rough week this past week. They haven't shown anything to us. Um, I got Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I would take Kansas State at the four-and-a-half. I was leaning for this to be my lock this week, but – as bad as Missouri looked last week, it goes right back to what I was saying about Tennessee and everyone else. They were looking over that game for this game. Mm-hmm. Drinkwitz is one of those coaches that runs that offense that's just so weird, and it's it's hard to prepare for, to be honest with you. It really is. I'm going to stick with it. That's my lock of the week. Kansas State, four and a half. Mm-hmm. Sealed. <laughs> I agree. I like Kansas State four and a half. I mean, if you look at Missouri's first two games, 35-10 and 10 against South Dakota and then 23-19 against MTSU. It's just – I mean, I just – I can't get behind that. I can't, I can't get either. at all. Yeah. And Troy's a solid team. Kansas State beat them 42-13. Uh, Troy's not a slouch, all right? I know they're not, you know, any not a power five, but they're not a slouch. And then destroy SEMO, 45-0. You know me, and normally I love the home team, especially in the SEC. However, Kansas is very close to Missouri on the map. <laughs> Give me Kansas by, Kansas State by four and a half. Let's make it our first agreeable four lock. Three. There we go. All That's right. bad. Four not good. <laughs> first leg is built. Kansas State minus four and a half. All right. Next, heading to Fayetteville. The Mormons coming in town. Sex shop on every corner in Fayetteville, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I went, to Fay- I went to Fayetteville. Sweet tea and sex shops. Hey, ain't going to be able to do anything. Literally, every single corner. It's like a Walgreens. Sex shop <laughs> on every corner in Fayetteville. Speaking of more, shout out Zach Wilson. Yeah, the new starter there. But Milf Hunter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Arkansas opening at a 10-point favorite. What do you think, Big Jarn? I like KJ Jefferson. I've said it before, you know. Um Going back to what I just said, give me, give me the home team, give me the SEC team. Mm-hmm. There may be a sex shot on every corner, but there's not a dentist on every corner. <laughs> <laughs> give, me the, hey. give me the hogs, baby. If the toothbrush was invented anywhere else, it'd have been the toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I think they had a tough game last week versus Kent State. Ended up only winning twenty-eight to six. Week one versus Western Carolina, 
56 to 13, another win, but just wasn't tested. That game was in Little Rock. So, I mean, they haven't played out of the state of Arkansas all year. Um, I think they cover that minus 10. I, I like them. I like them at home. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a night game, too. So, be cool to see. Biggest, see. biggest game of the year so far, so. I think they cover that ten. Did you see KJ Jefferson? That uh, linebacker hit him, and he just <laughs> the linebacker fell back, and mm-hmm, KJ Jefferson yeah. just stood there and then made the pass. Yeah. KJ Jefferson's a dude. Um, but man, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've got BYU covering this. I do strictly because I'm not bought in on on Arkansas as a whole yet. I'm bought in on KJ Jefferson and his potential, and, and and the dude can be a great NFL prospect, but I'm not bought into Arkansas as a whole yet. So give me BYU to cover that. This is gonna be the first one that I disagree on with y'all. But <laughs> well, I will say I just logged in the ESPN just to check to see if it was a night game, which it is. It's at six thirty, and right now ESPN has that line on Arkansas minus eight. Oh, it's perfect. Two whole points. People I love are, that. People I love are, that people are hitting. People were hitting with BYU. That's good. It opened at ten and a half and went to eight and a half. I love it. It means love a lot. That means a lot of money has been put on them so far. Yeah, Arkansas and Sam Pittman have that old Miss disease where they start out hot early in the year and then start to fall off towards the later. <laughs> so I'm going to take the Hogs and the points. Uh, KJ Jefferson, Rocket Sanders. I think they're a little bit too much for the what old Mormons. Rocket Sanders. Cool. All right, Alabama. Opening up as a 33-point favorite. Pisses uh, favorite. me off so much. Why in the hell is Alabama going to South Florida? Playing at South Florida, Tampa. Raymond James Stadium. They do a thing. I was talking to one of my buddies, Drew Hill, and they do a thing where every single year they will play at an NFL stadium away from Alabama. Just because there's so many damn graduates from Alabama all over the place, they know that wherever they're playing – place is going to be in crimson well it's stupid first of all (laughs) (laughs) second of all screw it give me alabama cover 33 points saban's going to be pissed i agree they're angry yeah they're i I think milro runs for 150 yards it's it's your typical bounce back game and it goes back to week one what we said i think once they run away with it the backup's probably better than the starter and they'll put up even more points so give Mm -hmm. me alabama here's the thing i don't think they put in the backup this week i think if he says that he's riding with milro i think they're going to try to figure it out but i think they do a lot more design runs like you were saying earlier Mm -hmm. i think that they're going to try to make it work with milro and that's the only way you make it work i agree Damn, we ain't supposed to agree, but you make good sense of it. I mean, you kind of you can't, can't not agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to go with I mean, it's a lot of points, sense. and I always go away from points like that, like I said in week one, because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy for a team to get up by three or four scores and then put a second quarterback in. But like Gruber said, the second quarterback could be even better. Yeah. You mean Ty you Simpson. ain't rocking with South Florida? <laughs> well, after what they did at Texas A&M, which that was Miami, but still South Florida. Yeah. Speaking of your good Screw friends. Give me South Florida, plus 33. <laughs> hey, yes. okay. Speaking of your good friends, Texas A&M, they're also <laughs> opening up as a 33-point favorite, playing at Kyle Field versus 
University, Louisiana, Monroe. Let Big Germ Let's take the lead. Let's hear Big Germ say what he's got to say about Jimbo Fisher and the boys down there in the Woolfield. Well, like I said upstairs when we came down here, they could be playing <laughs> Manassas out of Memphis, Tennessee, <laughs> and I'd take Manassas. <laughs> Do not take Texas A&M in the points. I'm mad from last week. Honestly, still, I'm taking ULM to cover it. I, I mean, you won't see it on my betting slip. I'm not putting Texas A&M on there unless I'm – Betting on the other team, hey, I'm not going to put that on there either. Quick bit of information right here: the lines already moved to 36 and a half. That's so, even better. So it? people are starting to starting to hammer a And M. Does anyone know what the over is? Mm. 53 and a half. Nope. I will not. We said it week one with a And M. You never know what is going to happen after that offense that I watched last week. Give me the under. Yeah, mm-hmm. the under is a the under I think is a lock there, especially when uh, Louisiana Monroe has uh, put up twenty four and seventeen in their first two games, mm. and uh, yeah, give me the under there. I think that's the best play of the day. I agree in that game at least. I agree. Well, the Harvard of the South Vandy opening up as a two point favorite at UNLV. What you think? Same thing my dad always says. You never spit in the wind. You never bet on Vandy to cover a spread. Give me the under. <laughs> under? Yes. What is the under? 50-something. <laughs> There's not going to be a lot of points in this game. Yeah. It's Vandy and UNLV. Well, that's the running Rebels, dog. Six. <laughs> I, I looked this up before we got on here. Both teams, six of the last seven went under. I don't care what the spread or what the over-under is. Give me the under. Mm. Yeah. I like it, man. I'm, like you said, it's the Harvard of the South. All these kids, man, they've been in the libraries their whole life. <laughs> They're going to sneak out of that hotel room in Las Vegas and see some shit they ain't never seen before. <laughs> Trust me, I've been there. You need to go if you haven't. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm probably going to ride the under if I had to pick. But I'm going to take Vandy minus two. Woo! I'm going to take Vandy minus two. What are they going to Win five to three. Yeah. <laughs> hey, two points is two points. You know what I'm saying? I don't care if it's seven to seven to five. Walks you know? like a duck. Hey, Talks like a duck. Here's another yeah. thing that me and you are agreeing on is this. I am taking Vandy minus two strictly because of Will Shepard. Mm. I think Will Shepard is a is a top tier NFL talent. Uh he's just on the wrong team. He's on he's on Vandy. But as long as they can get him the ball, he can make things happen. So I think they cover two. I agree. I agree. You got Georgia Tech playing down in Oxford versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss is opening up at 19 and a half. Brennan, after as much as you loved him last week, let's hear it. So how are we it, taking this Here's one? the thing. Yeah. I hate Ole Miss, honestly, but I knew last week. I had the feeling in my gut, and when I have a feeling in my gut, you lock it in, okay? This week, I don't have that feeling in my gut. <laughs> so I'm probably not touching this game. Um but if you want my honest opinion, it's still early in the year. It's a Lane Kiffin team. Lane Kiffin early in the year equals playing good. Two lanes better than what most people think, and they still, you know, came away and, and won by multiple digits there. Um, you know, if I had to pick one right here, I'd want to take the over in the game. I'm not sure what it is. I want to say sixty-three. I'd I might also touch the that. line just changed. Actually, it's eighteen and a half. Yeah, that makes a difference. But I would ta- I would take. Ole Miss to cover 18 and a half, and I would probably take the over of 63. I think there's going to be a lot of points put up there. I agree. I mean, they scored 70-something points at home week one. I know it was against Mercer, but, I mean, 
We've talked about it in here before, man. Ole Miss knows Oxford knows how to party. Week one was against Mercer. It's, you know, basically not even a game. Second week was away. A lot of them did travel to New Orleans. It's not a far place to travel. It's also a fun place to travel, especially from Oxford. So I mean, I think, I think that home crowd is itching for a, you know, a good, somewhat of a marquee game, so to speak. You know, at home, mm-hmm. weather's changing. It feels great. It's dark. Going to be throwing darts. Yeah. All right. I like it. It's, it's a six thirty game. Yeah, yeah, it's a night game. So give me Ole Miss. Grove is going to be popping. I, yeah. I I like I like Ole Miss here. Um, I do think there's going to be a lot of points in this. This is a different Georgia Tech offense now. They kind of veered away from that um, triple, op- option. triple option offense. Um, but I do think there's going to be a lot of points on the board. Uh, I'm yep. going over 63 and a half. Yep. After Man, we're agreeing on a lot this week. This ain't good. Yeah, We're no. either going to be really good or we're going to be in really bad. Really bad. Yeah. What we ought to do is just fade each other. So, therefore, one of us at least comes out on top. I'm nervous because I've been – Actually, pretty hot. So this is making that we've nervous. been we've all been pretty hot up here, other than Jimbo Texas over here. Yeah, <laughs> the one thing I miss. <laughs> We're, hey, honestly, our locks for the year. If you think about it, two, four, six, seven, seven, <laughs> hey, seven and seven one on the one year. Is I'll not take bad. That. I mean, Look, if you're fifty five percent. Correct in betting systems, they're profitable. You're profitable. Yep. And 100%. right now we're sitting at seven and one for the year. Yeah. So I'm not great at math. What's that? A lot. <laughs> good. Yeah. That's good. 80, 80, that high is 80s, good. I think. Yeah. Last call early in the season equal good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, all right. Let's Follow finish us. off the slate here. We got Akron visiting uh, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's opening up at 24 and a half. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I think that I am not touching this game, but I would have to lean more so towards Kentucky to cover that 24 and a half. Um, Kentucky's a sleeper team this year. I don't have a lot to year. say about it. Yeah, no, I think they are a sleeper. Nobody's talking about them this year, but yet they're dominating people. I know they're not playing anybody good, mm-hmm. but Larry's a good quarterback. I think he's better than Levis. I think they're a better team this year. I mean, I actually like Kentucky, but nobody talks about them. Nobody talks about Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Give me Kentucky covering 24 and a half right here. Breaking line move, 25 and a half. Give me 25 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking line move, 27 and a half. Push. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the opposite end. Um, I have not been impressed with Kentucky. I really like Devin Leary and Kentucky coming into the season. Both like both sides of the ball have struggled a decent bit in those first two weeks against subpar competition. Akron's got Joe Moorhead leading the helm, mm. old uh, Mississippi State ball coach. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm out on him. <laughs> uh, you can be out on him all you want, but I, I mean, Tennessee played Akron last year, and it wasn't close, but – Akron didn't look like a bad football team. Hey, he yeah. said, you're going to have to drag my Yankee ass out of here whenever <laughs> Mississippi State was trying to fire him. Well, that's Don't get me that guy. I'm out on him. Yeah, I, when you have the guy saying Yankee ass down yeah. in Starkville, what's, you're in a, what's you're the in a over bad under place. this game? Uh, over under is 49 right now, or 49 and a half on Vandal. Give, opened at 48 and a half. Give me the over on that. 49 and a half. I want the over on that. I think, I think I'm going to disagree with you. Give me the under yeah. on that Who's just because. Many points, yeah. Kentucky's been putting up points every week. LeBron's they played got Ball State in Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> it doesn't matter. LeBron's doesn't matter. got all those kids from that promise school just ready to roll, <laughs> man. All those kids up there on those free scholarships. Hang on, I want you. I want you to see something real quick. All right, so Ball State. All right, you want to pull up one team that's played two people. Shout out Ball State. Kentucky they put up forty-four on Ball State. Georgia put up forty-five on Ball State. Therefore, 
I'm just saying, if you want some kind of correlation there, I mean, you're Kentucky talking about offense. equals no, Georgia. No, but what I'm saying is you want to talk about offense, I mean, they're actually scoring. Like, they're, <laughs> they're scoring. <laughs> I said this last week. I'll say it again. A man had a set of balls, she'd be my uncle, okay? <laughs> they haven't played anybody yet. That was going to be my take. They played Ball State. They played Eastern Kentucky. But, you know, nobody's played anybody yet. You know, that's why this is so exciting. Georgia we're, should we're be finally... 70-0 then. But you're right. But, I mean, everybody's trying to figure shit out, man. I mean, Kentucky won't even play anybody until, like, week five. I mean, they've got Akron this week, Vanderbilt next week, and then they finally get to play Florida. Like, no. God. Give me. We'll give probably me, lose that game. Give me <laughs> we're going we're gonna to beat Tennessee. Then we're going to well, lose to Kentucky. Of, I mean, yeah. I mean, you are hyping me up. The only good thing about, the only good thing about, the only good thing about Kroger, I mean, Kentucky is Kroger Field and. Kroger's got the fuel points. It is a cool place. We've been there. They got a statue of a shopping cart out front yet? Yeah. Supermarket. Yeah. You can buy everything you want in there. Yeah, you can go in there and get free dubs, too. Mm-hmm. Well, that was it for the SEC, so let's go ahead into our last call lock. <laughs> <laughs> that was sick. All right. You want to lead it off? You going to change yours? No, I already told you. I changed mine from what we talked about at the beginning. Okay. Told you, I'm surprising you. Tennessee is Tennessee is my lock. Lock it in. Like I said, I'd put my house on it this week. Yeah, I would gosh. go homeless from this. Tennessee, smash that. Six and a half. Yep, smash it. Okay. You won't see me touch that game. You're, you got to. <laughs> now you do. Now you do. I'm now putting, you have I'm putting, to. I will literally put everything I have in my account on Tennessee this weekend. Mm. Y'all haven't watched enough Tennessee football to understand where... It doesn't matter. Y'all have been a part of the horrible years. This is good years. <laughs> you think so. Just when everything looks like it's on the up and up and everything's going great, boom, Hypo's allegations. I agree. Tennessee is going to smoke Florida this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's not even going to be close. I had a system a We're couple years ago. We're on the same side. Jer- the good old Jeremy Pruitt years, I had a system where I would always bet against Tennessee because if by some miracle they won, I was happy. When they lost, I made money, and I made a lot of money that year. Well, think about the coaches they had. They had a coach that was crying last weekend, okay? So, yeah, I mean, don't remind me, dude. They got a dude now, you know. Derek Dooley was sitting on the sideline in a folding chair coaching <laughs> football. That's, that's, that's why they haven't beat Florida since 2003 in the swamp. Yeah, but now Florida's a poverty school, so. That's not true. We're, this is this is Billy Napier's biggest we're game. We're actually of career. the number one public school in the United States. Do you agree with that? What? Billy Napier's biggest game of his career, right here. This is a make or break game. I think so. There's a lot riding on this game. It all comes down to game script. I think it's going to be battles going to be won or lost, honestly, in the trenches this game. It depends on if Florida can establish that running game and if they can slow down. Something. They're going to try to keep it slow. Just slow down something. We might be okay, but, I mean, I'm praying for turnovers. I'm praying for those turf monsters down there in Gainesville to grab a couple of ankles. I mean, I need some, we need something to happen. If you're making me do something, then I would take Tennessee to cover that spread. Well, I want, I want the lights to turn off, Tom Petty to come on, that's your luck. It don't have to be. I mean, technically, it's and and Florida to be up fourteen going into the fourth. That would be just because that's just going to crush my dreams when Tennessee comes back and <laughs> put seventeen up in the fourth and we you lose. You must be tripping if that's happening. Yeah, that'd be awesome, but it's not going to happen because Tennessee is going to win by multiple scores. I think exactly. Jacob, do you want to? I mean, I've already said my riff on that. It depends on which team shows up. Okay. 
Period. Okay. Last call, Lock Gruber. We're gonna go Kansas State minus four and a half. I've, I wanted, I thought about changing it, but just the more I look at that, that Kansas State, I think the tempo is gonna be a big problem for Missouri. Kansas State's gonna slow the ball, slow it down. They're gonna run the ball. I think they're gonna drain the clock, but they're also gonna limit possessions. Drinkwitz and them need as many possessions as they can get, and I think it's gonna take two stops. And Kansas State's already gonna have it fourteen nothing. Hey, what's the live? Spread on that on on just so we can make sure we're up to date on all the lives. What spreads. is that? Kansas State. Kansas State. Yeah. What what is it on Fanduel? Uh, man, I just want MLB. It's not back. even on Fanduel. Let's see. Mine right here showing four and a half. That's on Bleacher Report. All right. Well, then that's gonna be close enough. Yeah. All right. So four and a half. Yep. All right. We're seven and one on the year. <clears throat> so this is. There's this a lot riding yeah. on this parlay this week. Mm-hmm. This is big. So don't screw it up, Logan. Big <laughs> Logan. Well, I'm going to go back with something a little familiar. The boys in North Carolina really helped me out week one, just absolutely smashing that minus two and a half line. Uh, they made that South Carolina offense look absolutely atrocious. I'm taking North Carolina – Minus seven versus Minnesota at home. I agree. I don't think Minnesota is very good. Mm-mm. I think this line is honestly offensive. It's disrespectful. And disrespectful towards North Carolina. I think I think Dray, Dray, May is just absolutely – I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's solid. I think he's NFL ready. I – I just don't understand how the line's not closer to at home too. At home, this I, is I think this is at night. I don't know why the line. If I had to guess, I would guess the line would be more of like a nine and a half or even like a ten and a half. It's blasphemy. I think people are just begging you to win money on this game. But see, there are so many people that are going to look at this and be like, "Oh, that's a trap. That's a trap." And you know, what and we they're going to take Minnesota. We dive in. But we dive head first we in. We dive right in. And we are riding with North Carolina blind into a war. I'm not holding my nose. I'm not putting earplugs in. I'm not even holding my breath. And I'm going to go under there like Aquaman and take the boys in blue. Cannonball. Cannonball. Yep. I'm right there with you. That was my. That was really my lock. But, you know. Yeah. We're I got to rock much. with the balls. Yep. Big. North Carolina, minus seven. Jerk. Northwestern at Duke. Line is 18 and a half for Duke. However, the over and under is 48 and a half. I've got this pulled up. This is Northwestern's last five games. Minus last week, they did put up 38 points against UTEP. But other than that, the last four games, they have scored seven, three, nine, and three. Hmm. Give me the under. Give me the under for Duke Northwestern. I like it. Yep. I love that. That's my lock. There's your four-leg lock. Hey, what was the over-under, 48 and a half? 48 and a half. That's li- – Also, that, uh, that live? live UNC line has jumped to seven yes. and a half, and I'm still taking I'll it. smash that. I'm taking North Carolina by double digits. And Duke Northwestern, um, I'd be willing to bet that down to almost 40, strictly mm-hmm. because Duke's defense is so good. Northwestern can – and like you just said, Northwestern's not even scoring points already, and they're definitely not going to score against Duke. Um, that that all of these are locks. People lock them in. I completely agree. I'm looking for Duke on here. There you go. Under NC, Kansas State. Where's Tennessee at? 
Tennessee's uh, six and a half. Yeah. Still. I'm just going in here. I just want to lock that in. Tennessee is six and a half. Perfect. So we got a four leg parlay. Last call parlay. Kansas State minus four and a half. North Carolina at seven and a half. The under for that Northwest Duke game at 48 and a half. And then Tennessee to cover six and a half. That is a plus 1,214. 15 just went up. Two thousand one thousand two hundred and fifteen. $10 wins you $121, or $100 wins you $1,215. i am locking it in. And if you want to get really sexy with it, give me the over in the Georgia-South Carolina game. Mm, I like that, too. 54 and a half. Hey, our last little dive in last week was Memphis, Memphis. to cover mm-hmm. 21 and a half, and they did too. So, I mean, we were really four out of five on that one if you really want to count that. so I mean, there's a couple games you can look on throwing in that one. Well, I think that was good. So let's see. Let's get our last calls. You got a last call? Give me that under. Duke Northwestern. Okay. And Tennessee's going to win by double digits. <laughs> if the right team shows up. Mm-hmm. I think I'm good. Good? You got anything? Not off the top of the dome. All right. Well, I've given a hot take last call every single time, and it's hit. This one is a very, very simple one. Smash Tennessee, six and a half. Take it all the way up to 17 and a half if you want. Like last week with Tulane, it almost hit. It was 17. Tennessee wins this one by double digits, and there's no other way possible that it does not happen. Mm. T- please. <laughs> My last call, real quick, I'm just going to do a two-leg last call bet. North Carolina to win. I locked it in at minus seven this morning, and then also Tennessee minus six and a half, two legs, ran it up. That's my last call. What's our uh, – Yep, love that. What's our uh, bet for Tennessee-Florida this weekend? What you mean, my boy? Whoever got some water bet? Whoever loses has to go to a comedy club and do a stand-up. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't even feel good enough about that. If I if I lose, I'll wear the Tennessee stuff next week. If you if you if you lose, you wear well, the Florida stuff. That's not fair because Acres Down South March looks good on anybody. Not Gruber. Hey man, it makes him look like start a poll. Eleven out of ten. <laughs> if you want to talk about sales on Tennessee versus <laughs> March, Tennessee. at least with our company, yeah. Hmm. You don't want to start that battle. Hey, how about, how about we have somebody comment? We'll put it on TikTok and see if somebody will comment and give us yeah. something. Yeah, what do y'all want us to do? Loser of the Florida-Tennessee game. We'll figure something out. But y'all comment and see what y'all want. Week one NFL fantasy season is back. What are y'all's takes this week? What do y'all think? Shitty week. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, a lot of stuff happened. A lot of people got hurt. Career-ending stuff. Career-ending stuff. J.K. Dobbins and Aaron Rodgers. A lot of unders hit. It was never, a sad week. It's never good when the unders hit. You know how many people were waiting on not only Aaron Rodgers for fantasy, but Aaron Rodgers for bets last night? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, he messed up a lot of my stuff. All I needed him to do one time was hit uh, 150 yards. I bet it all the way down to 150 yards, put it in one of my parlays. Yeah. Well, did you see Fandles not reimbursing people that have – they put – uh, prop bet, prop bets for. Yeah, uh, I want to raise hell because I'm yeah. one of those people. I yeah, saw I somebody mean, that hadn't hit a bet all weekend. They put Aaron Rodgers to have more than two passing yards, and he didn't hit. Yeah, it. 
And they said, oh, I'm done. Was I that a promo? One, no. It, there was one that was like two completions, and he, yeah. had, he had one completion because it, like it was like a boosted bet, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's sad. And his career is now over uh, because I don't think he comes back from this at that age. No, I mean, he's too – I mean, dude, that recovery process for an Achilles is just absolutely unreal. And at his age with, you know – there's just no way. He's doing, no He's going to take the holistic approach, though. But you know who is? Oh, 100%. He's gonna, he needs more than four days of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, needs, yeah. he needs like a He's going back weeks. in the cave. <laughs> He'll come back. Hey, he's like, hey, guys, don't worry about it. I'll be back in three months. I'm just going to go into a cave somewhere, find a nice cool spot, smoke a little ashwagandha or whatever it's called. He's going to leave Zach Wilson just hanging. That man's after He needs mom. to be in Zach ear, every, Zach's ear every he, day. Zach looks like he just got out of like junior high. He does. I'll tell you though, he did make some. He made some actually impressive plays. Yeah. Uh, one with his legs, and then one where he was about to get smoked, and he hit Alan Lazard, uh, mm-hmm. kind of running and falling at the same time. I, I'm anxious to see what he does with him. You know, learning from Rogers this offseason and being with Rogers and competing with Rogers. Um, I'm anxious to see what happens. Yeah. Well, that's one thing too is. Zach's going to be out there playing, but you're going to have Aaron Rodgers in your ear all year now. Yeah. You, you know who this hurts more than anybody, though? Jets fans. Well, Jets fans, Garrett yes. Wilson? Garrett Wilson. Yeah. That was going to be my first question was, are you seriously downgrading everybody on the Jets now? Because you, you what I, mean, I am you, downgrading I, is Dalvin Cook. I'm that upgrading man Brees also, Hall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brees Hall looked phenomenal. Yeah. Hey, I'm upgrading uh, Conklin, too. Yeah. Rogers kind of hated Conklin, but Wilson loves Conklin. Mm-hmm. So I'm upgrading Conklin. I, I like Conklin play there. I honestly, I think it lowers a lot of guys on the Jets. Uh, as far as Garrett Wilson, I could see him. He was getting drafted sometimes even into the the later part of the first round. I could see him. His ADP probably be now like more like third. Yeah, third, fourth, third, somewhere fourth there. round. Hey, I, that, I like the guy a lot. That catch last night in the end zone, though, unreal. One of the one of the best catches unreal. I've ever seen. That was insane. But also, one thing about that game that we're not touching on, we need to hit on the defensive side of things. Sauce Gardner was targeted five times. All five were catches for like 180 yards. Speaking of the number five, what about Josh Allen with five turnovers? Yeah. I think it's time to have the conversation. Josh Allen's overrated. Oh, here we go. Dak Prescott might be just as good as Josh Allen. See, that's what – See, that's what, this is what happens, though. <laughs> if you want to look at statistics, I, I agree. if you want to talk about turnovers, Josh Allen turns the ball over when it mean, when it, when the game's online. I agree with you. Why are you yelling at me? Because I know that somebody's about to have some smart-ass no, shit to say just about the, Josh it's just Allen. A, it's just a Madden curse. It's just a Madden curse. That's all it is. Hey, John, before we get too far off of this, because I can already tell we're about to have an ADD moment, I got a question for all three of you. First off, I like Zach Wilson. However... We had to replace him. If we had to replace Aaron Rodgers, I'm gonna give you each two quarterbacks. Give me your one, and then we'll narrow it down from there. Okay. Starting with Doc Carson Wentz or Nick Foles. Who you calling? Mm. Out of those two, Uncle Rico. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me Nick Foles. Big Dick Nick. Yeah, dude. He, <laughs> he's he's won a Super Bowl. All right, Gruber. Make it quick. Let's do Cam Newton or Jameis Winston. Famous Jameis. Mm. Crab legs and all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, let's go to the retirees. Matt Ryan or Tom Brady? Here you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> give me Tom because Matt Ryan barely give me Give me Tom for the fans. All right, yeah, Tom all right fans. so starting back over from, from those three. Go to you, Doc. Tom, Jameis, Foles. Who are you going? Jameis. 
I'm probably going Tom. Just for the cool factor. Yeah. He's got Would you really, though? I'm going Jameis. Would you really go Tom? Well, just think about how bad he was last year. I do, but think about Tom with those weapons. Think about think Tom about with Tom Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Years old. Well, yeah, but think and about everything that was going on with that team. Tom kisses kids. And Tom does kiss kids. I feel like, hey, I feel like Tom's getting legs. this shit rock now, though. I would much Deshaun rather. gets rubbing tugs. What would you rather He needs get more head. after week one. Good for him, though. No, I'm not criticizing him. I'm just hey, we're talking about allegations real, here. Hey, real we'll talk, though. I know we just covered that. But out of all the free agents and all the all the retirees and everything, if there was one quarterback you had to pick or trade block or trade block block quarterbacks to to fit in with that Jets offense right now, who would it be? There's not a lot to choose from, especially free agent wise. Kaepernick's I mean, got, people are calling. Shut <laughs> up, dude. I'm so tired of the Kaepernick thing. <laughs> He just wants to stay relevant. I'm so, I know, and and his name is always going to be on ESPN. They're always going to push yeah. it. People can but, say what they want. There's a reason that Kaepernick is not playing he was for the NFL team. There's a reason. It's because he he's not a good quarterback. Hey, but if you had to pick one, any, anybody, think hard. Trade block. I, I already know mine. Garner Minshew. Will Levis. <laughs> is he on the trade block? Well, two, two of the one of those two quarterbacks for Tennessee wouldn't be a bad fit either. Will well, they're Levis very interested or Malik in, Willis. No, they're very interested in Tannehill. They said if Tannehill, if they if they could get a Jets, Jets already made it known that they would. I they just would, don't see Tennessee doing that. I'm, I'm, in all honesty, though, I'm right there with you. Gardner Minshew is by far the best backup quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. I think he's the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I would 100. And I think team. that they've already made the decision. Anthony Richardson's actually pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, do you upgrade Michael Pittman after week one? Yes. I think so, I too. Think I was always a fan of Anthony Richardson, and I will say this because I had a very bold take, and everybody looked at me like, <laughs> what, what was it? I said it. It's on TikTok. Anthony Richardson's going to outperform every single rookie quarterback going into this draft. He did. Well, I think this. I think all these and quarterbacks right are now, pretty bad, though. Well, but the thing is, he was not bad. Stroud, no, he Bryce bad. Young, Will Levis. Well, did I say Anthony Richardson? Did I say Will? No, Levis? you said Will Levis. Was yeah, bad. You yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Right, you said Will Levis. Hey, I just hey, think hey, yeah, yeah. hey, hey. Here's the one thing: if if you talk about all these quarterbacks from this year, next year's quarterback draft blows this quarterback draft. Right, I don't know why people traded up to get picks this year when you could wait till next year and get Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix. I mean, one of those guys alone is hell is, yeah. I agree. Caleb Williams got more talent in his tip of his finger than Caleb Williams from the from the pocket. Did you yeah. see that one? Did yeah. you see that one? He's throw nasty. He's, he's nasty. dirty. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, honestly, though, Anthony Richardson looked pretty good. He did. He, he, he did. did get hurt. He did get he hurt. Did. He's soft. He's he could. Fine. He could have came soft. back in. He's a little soft. No, he's not. His little brother's he's tougher big. now. No, might be. But <laughs> his dude, Anthony Richardson's good. He's he good. No, I agree. If he could, if he could develop a solid pass, like a solid passing part of his game, because that's like a big part beating quarterback. He looked very yeah, accurate. He, surprisingly, he, he looked very accurate. He looked good. I like him. I, and dude, and Jacksonville's defense is no slouch. And no, he, dude, I played Jacksonville's well, were, defense. Like, like I said before in the first podcast, when you were talking about throwing them to the dogs, like they were playing against a team that's. A lot of people have projected to win the AFC South. Yeah, yeah I still you know have them too. I'm very surprised because I, I, I was one of the biggest persons to say that it was a horrible mistake starting him right off from the jump. But, hey, oh, I'm he proved me wrong. I'm putting them in this week. They got Houston. Mm-hmm. He might be Projected to be terrible. No, they said it's just a little, little – that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing to be serious about. Yeah. No, I agree, but well, – Speaking well, of which, this is my SNS. Mm-hmm. I'll say this and let you take it back over. 
SNS got two surprises and two people that shit the bed, okay? Anthony Richardson was one of them from my surprise list. Another one was Mac Jones, 316 yards, three tutties. Mm. He did have a pick, but, I mean, when he threw for – I think he had like 54 pass attempts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you try to pass the ball 54 times in one NFL football game, you're liable to get a pick. Yeah, yeah. on shoulder. an Eagles defense. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so him and Anthony Richardson were my surprises. My two shit the beds were Drake London, put up the big zip. Mm. And fantasy owner. Gruber, you've already mentioned this, Josh Allen. Yeah. I completely agree with all that. The thing about Drake London is the same thing about Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is the same thing. I just don't see a way you can target him. What? How many targets he have? Three? Who? I think he only Drake had London. one. No, he had one target. One target, zero. Oh, for one. It was it was one target. Yeah, one. That's see, that's he's out there doing conditioning. He's, he's way like too more. He's yeah. way too talented. He's way too talented of a wide receiver. Same thing with Kyle Pitts being there. He's way too talented. I I was very impressed with the touches that they gave Bijan. Um, whenever he, you know, that one that one touchdown was absolutely filthy. They still gave the ball to Tyler Algier, which it seems like he's going to be the finisher in that offense as far as um, when they get closer to the goal line. Big but body. they'll start. You got you got to be optimistic as a Bijan owner, which I am in a dynasty league with the touches he's going to continue to get. He he is going to be more involved than offense going forward. It's not a time to freak out about it at all. I think that he, he still can be a league winner that's going to be able to give you solid points. Well, see, I think that, you know, they're running that – they're going to run that two RB system for the rest of the year because <clears throat> I think it shows the incompetence of um, – Quarterback, uh, Ritter. 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 I think it shows the incompetence of Ritter. He only had what was he 18, 18 pass attempts or something. Like I don't think they're going to let him throw the ball. I think as long as they can manage the game and run it and keep it close, Ritter's not going to be throwing the ball much. They're not putting much. Faith but in out him. of those pass attempts, they all have to go to Drake London. They have to go to Bijan, and you know they the majority have, of them went to Bijan. Yeah, yeah, he had. I think he had five catches, six yeah. catches, or something like that. He's going to be a checkdown guy. Yeah, he is. Which is that's another it reason to be optimistic. Me. I'm, I'm pumping the brakes on Drake London. It scares me a lot. I, I I don't like it for Drake London's sake, and with Tyler Algier Algier being that involved, it scares me even more because they're just going to throw the ball that much less. If you look at his production at the end of last year, Tyler Algier was solid. So oh, yeah, man. he was he was. That's why I was saying that they just absolutely shafted him by drafting Bijan. But it looks like they're going to make it work. What made me feel good about it though is they did kind of kick Cordell Patterson to the curb. Yeah. He's still Cordero. He's 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 still that dude. He's though. the Joker. He might come in every now and then and yeah. get something. Yeah. No, I agree. What about you, Gruber? Who shit the bed this weekend? You can't. When you look past the Josh Allen one, I mean, I don't want to beat you while you're down, but Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. I mean that. Uh, oh yeah. That I man's mean, ass. <laughs> I, no, I agree. I watched that game because I've got Najee on my team, and he still got that like, preseason MVP hanging up in his uh, house. Yeah, I mean that. Which yeah. I mean, you got to give at least forty nine receipts. You said you were talking about Richardson. I tried to pull Levis. a fast one to see if y'all were. <laughs> Speaking of receipts, if we're going to talk about them while we're on fantasy, uh, let's talk about a little bit of my good friend Travis Etienne. Mm. 
Those screws in their feet don't look too bad. No, no they, they don't, do they? Well, they tighten them up real good. Hey, but Tank, <laughs> Big, Tank, hey, Tank, Tank Bixby is sitting there lurking in the shadows. I mean, like every time every time something would happen, you just see him over there just waiting like, is he going to get up? Everybody else is on her knee, and he's up. Yeah, he's yeah. ready. Like, he's ready. He's getting up. But the there? biggest um, question mark on ETM before the season started was passing game. I think he had five catches, five targets. Well, that's what he was known for in college, and which is I, crazy. That's why I never understood why everyone was saying that. Did yeah. we not watch him? <laughs> that's what he was elite at in college. No, I agree. He looked good. So you, you, your guy, the experts, the system, everything was right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, it's week one. Mm-hmm. Like, something yeah. could happen. That's but what Gruber wants. While I have, while while I have the second. Gruber. You did it. You did it, Gruber. While I have time, since everyone else was down on him, and I took him, there you go. And just for the record, Pickett was not my guy. <laughs> he was a sleeper. He was a sleeper. That's so fair. That's once fair. again, yeah, it was just week one, and I think who was your before guy? the? I think it was a Sean. Honestly, who was your guy? Etn. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you had Chris Olave. Chris Olave, which he had a solid performance Olave this week. Good. Which Thank I, God he got up. Yeah, he got up. I was I was more impressed because I was I was, I was a little scared because I saw that Michael Thomas was popping off early, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, there goes all of his targets, there goes all of his receptions. But despite Michael Thomas still having a good game, Olave still put up. And 19. a PPR, 19 points. Hey, Michael Without Thomas a is going to get all the little slant routes, out routes, everything like that. Alave is going to get the big, the big, big plays. plays. That's and that, and I would rather have Alave any day of the week versus and Michael. Looks Thomas. like Rashid, Rashid Shahid is going to get the end zone target. Did you see Derek Carr? So he and they had him mic'd up, after, and he said he went over to the coach and he said, "Hey, look, let's get Shahid going long one time. I've got him right here. This next play, I've got him." And he went over there. He said, "He said Shahid. He said go." Don't stop, <laughs> go, and I've got you. And sure enough, that was the play that sealed the game. Right, Derek there. Carr is a good quarterback, and that's 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 another bonus too of having weapons in New Orleans. I mean, you still yeah. have that Kamara there. The only thing is too is people are freaking out about Jamal Williams, right? They're like, oh, this is the guy. This is the guy. People are forgetting that Kendra Miller is hurt right now. Well, Tennessee's run defense is also great. Yeah, and I think Jamal Williams is going to be fine because he's not somebody that's going to you know. But he's make... not going to be able to upkeep that production. No, he's now, not. That he, three he, running back system's not going to work. No, it's it. But when Kamara gets back, I mean, it's Kamara's show, and Kamara's going to be ran out of the slot, which does hurt Shahid a lot too. Mm-hmm. Kamara will be run out of slot a lot this year. If you had to pick two guys to have on your team roster week in week out from that, not saying that both of them are going to start at the same time, two guys from that Saints system, who do you? A lot of and Kamara. Once Kamara's back, yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, and Michael Thomas, I would say Michael Thomas, possibly. But by week four, you don't know if Michael Thomas is going to have a broken leg, neck, turf toe, tooth, whatever. He can have a sprained ankle. Yeah. But, you know, speaking of that game, Tannehill worries me because, yeah, you look at the three interceptions, but if you watch that game, the three interceptions weren't like somebody else's fault. They were completely his fault. Like, Two of them going to Deshaun. I mean, uh, not Deshaun, but um, um, Hopkins. Hopkins. Long. Hopkins had the guy beat. Mm. Tannehill just completely underthrows him. Like completely underthrows him. And you saw you saw Hopkins just throw his hands up, like look mm-hmm. frustrated. Yeah. Like it was bad on his part. It was really bad. Yeah. And then another takeaway from that game: Tajay Spears out snapped Derrick Henry. He just took it out of my mouth. He had he had not only did he out snap him percentage wise he had more attempts rushing yeah. attempts yeah Derrick Henry did take the catches out mm-hmm. of the back out of the yeah. back which court. is crazy wild which is what crazy. they should have been doing the whole entire time but it has to hurt his um, 
It has to hurt his production going down. He still down. gets all goal line work though. Spears is good though. Yeah. Spears oh, yeah. yeah, he's gonna get the goal line. He's gonna get the he's gonna get the tutties. I think they make it work though, because if you look at Derrick Henry's been just ran into the ground the past mm-hmm. couple of years. I think Derrick Henry might actually could have a better year this year than he has in the past, like in the past well, two years. He's got help, yeah. Yeah. Well, my well, thing said, is – Freeze him up a little bit more. We well, said two years ago in that uh, game he came back in the playoffs against the Bengals. I mean, they looked like they were trying to run a, a wounded bull. Yeah. You know, he just wasn't ready, but they but, were forced to play him. And, like, I think about the Titans' offense. After we traded A.J. Brown, like, you knew what the game plan was going to be. Mm-hmm. Feed Henry. If he can get three, four yards per play, that's going to play on to the play-action pass. But if we don't get that and we're forced to pass, he, you know, yeah. he, he's, he's, he's going to the sideline in, in obvious pass-down situations, mm-hmm. which I think plays in the why, you know, Spears got a larger snap count too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I was going to say before what happened last night with um, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the theme for week one was just <laughs> week one jitters everywhere across the league. Now, obviously, with the Achilles deal – with Aaron Rodgers, he kind of stole the headline, so to speak. But I mean, well, and Kyle's cousin, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kyle's cousin went off. Yeah, he had a great game. But I mean, other than that, I mean, that's there's that's one really there's good. one team that did not have Week One jitters, and that was the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they they looked like them. a well oiled machine. Yeah, and that was system. one of my that was one of my surprises of the weekend was that Iuk is nasty. Yeah, hey, the first touchdown. And the favorite target of Purdy. I just want to tell you. I don't want to talk about it. Who told you asked me? Dotson or Ayuk? Ayuk. And I said Ayuk. And then a couple of minutes later, he texts back in this other group message that I'm in with him. And he said, hey, I'm starting Dotson. <laughs> and and he, he asked three other things for me, too. And I gave him other guys. He just faded me all together. But it didn't matter because I still got three wins. I went 3-0 and this week. Man. Everybody, you know, everybody gets lucky every now and then. Hey, top waiver wire ads. My top waiver wire ad would have to be if you're in a redraft. Waiver wire. Yeah, if you're right, in, if, if you're, you're in a redraft, redraft, if you're in a redraft league right now, my top Come waiver on. wire would have to be Nakua. Puka Nakua. I think it would. I mean, I think you're. I think I would lean more so towards Kenny Gainwell right now. Yeah, but he's probably rostered in a decent bit yeah. of leagues. But right now, it's, he's sub. He's sub sixty percent still. Hey, I read something today from a, a beat writer from the Eagles. He said he, he was just talking about fantasy wise. He said he said if you're looking for somebody to pick up or trade for right now, it's DeAndre Swift because they don't think Kenny Gainwell can hold up after he's already hurt after week mm-hmm. one. And they said that Rashad Penny is dust. Like they said, Rashad Penny is not going to be a factor at all this year. They said DeAndre Swift's about to get a shot. Well, then in my case, I'm going Kyron Williams. Love Kyron Williams. <laughs> hey, why did why does McVay hate Cam Akers? I don't actually? know. He hates, hates him. him. I've I've never been on the Cam Akers train. I was. I was. Like his rookie year, I was definitely on the campaign. When they train. play him, he looks great. Yeah, he does. Sean McVay hates campaign. You know whose train I was on? Yeah. J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Rip. I mean, that dude just. His career's over. Couldn't figure out a contract this summer and then all of a sudden tears Poof. his Achilles after being hurt over and over again. It's sad. You know whose train I am on now? Jameer Gibbs. Oh, yes. Yeah. That is a freak of nature. Yes. But it, on the other side of that, I think Gibbs taking over the lead spot helps David Montgomery because once oh, David yeah. Montgomery takes over that Jamal Williams role and actually gets the goal line, I mean, he's going to – I think he'll do better in that role than Jamal Williams did. I think so too. I agree. I agree completely. I'm excited for week two coming in Thursday. 
Have Miami you, also had a great performance. Didn't even talk about that. Yeah, we didn't uh, talk about tattoo and tattoo. Uh, just, that that henna tattoo is, is real. It's I mean, real it's now. Real. I mean, Tyreek Hill man. was yeah. Tyreek Hill was all over the place. Crockord or whatever his name was, he was everywhere. Car, or Craycraft. Craycraft. Um, Braxton Craycraft. Berrios. Yeah. Barry, I mean the whole. I mean the team by itself. They just Waddle was kind of silent. Waddle. Waddle was kind of silent, but he was hurt and he had oblique. He had oblique yeah. injury, which is going to slow you down. There's one person we're not worried about. It's Jalen Waddle. Yeah, he, he's going to be, be fine. fine. He's going to be fine. T. Higgins, on the other hand, worry. And he's in a contract year. They said they don't even want to bring him back either. Yeah, he's going to. He needs somebody else to play. Yeah. But well, all right. Well, we're looking forward to week two. All right. Well, yeah. Last call, real quick. Last call, real quick. Up. Who's yep. starting next week? Who's the best start? Uh, Cowboys defense. They're going against <laughs> the Jets. Okay. Uh, shit, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. I'm going to say Brandon Ayuk next week. AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones could be up. Yep. There you go. Lock. Last call.